just want to um, start just by giving us a, a brief summary of where we've come so far. So we've been thinking about this focus of draw near to God and looking at the, the verse, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And uh, obviously, just really keen for us to engage with this individually as well as it being part of our service uh, Sunday by Sunday. Really encourage you and want to challenge us to really be reflecting on what it means um, for us personally. So again, just to highlight these next step cards um, but just also really simply just praying, you know, God, what is the next thing for me? What is the step you want me to take as I draw near to you um, over this coming year? And over these last couple of weeks, we've done uh, uh, an overview of the Bible, thinking about how draw near is really a key message throughout the scriptures. And just before I summarize what we've looked at, I just really want to highlight the prayer course as well, which is coming up the beginning of March which is a real opportunity just to think about prayer because I think prayer actually is a great way that we can take a next step towards God and we can go deeper in him. Um, the prayer course is put together by Pete Gregg from Holy Trinity Brompton. Um, so just really encourage you to be signing up. You can sign up to that online on our website. Now, over the last couple of weeks, uh, Boz and I did a, a whistle-stop tour of the, the Bible and thinking about what it is to draw near. We looked at creation, fall, Israel, Jesus, and the church, in creation, we looked at the fact that God is good, that he wants to bless us abundantly. And right at the center of his, his creation was the tree of life, and he wants to give us his life. Then we moved on to the fall to see how our people decided to go their own way, that uh, God asked them not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and it wasn't about saying no to something. It was simply about saying, I want you to be in relationship with me. But we chose another way, and we said, actually, we choose our own way, and we decide to follow our own wisdom. And that resulted, of course, in separation from God. But even in this darkest hour, we saw that God had a plan, that actually through Jesus, who was to come later, who would defeat sin and death. Then we looked at Israel and we looked at three key figures um, in, in Israel. We looked at Abraham, Moses and David and thought about how God wanted to create this community who would be in relationship with him, who he could reveal himself to and in turn they could reveal themselves uh, to the world. Then Boz last week moved on to considering uh, Jesus, thinking about how he is central to the whole story. But actually to interpret the whole story we need to see it through him. He is the fulfillment of God's goodness in creation. He is the one who brings life out of death that we see in the fall. He is the one who establishes a new community uh, that replaces Israel, the fulfillment of Israel in a sense, brings new life and through which we can all be a part. And that act, of course, continues in the church today, which we are part of this morning. So we are part of this big story of the Bible, which continues uh, today. Now, I don't know if you remember last week, but Boz used the illustration of three maps. He talked about an A to Z, which was really detailed. You could see street by street and you'd use to get around the streets of Coventry. He also talked about a road map that you might use to get to, say, Northampton or get to London. Uh, it's not as detailed, but, en but it enables you to move from one city to the next. And then finally, he talked about a global map or a globe that helps you to see the overall picture. And within the globe, that's really what we did in those first two weeks. But you know, on a global map, Coventry is definitely not marked and probably not London either. And so there's not much detail other than to see the overall picture. And that's what we did in those first two weeks. This week, 
we're focusing more on the roadmap. We're getting some ideas and really establishing these four key pillars that we're looking at in our vision focus uh, for 2019 under Draw Near. And these four different pillars are break down barriers and mindsets, secondly, raise expectations, thirdly, cultivate passion and hunger, and fourthly, develop uh, humility and purity. At this point, um, did everyone receive uh, the sermon notes as well this morning? They should be with your uh, newsletters. Um, So uh, has anybody not got any? If you haven't put your hand up, I'm sure one of the stewards will bring, bring you one. This will just help you to navigate through what we're doing um, this morning. Already summarised the first five acts that uh, it mentions on the, on, on the notes. And uh, now we're moving on to the journey of Moses. And we're going to focus on these four different areas, but we're going to do it over four weeks. So this week we're thinking about breaking down barriers and mindsets. And uh, I don't know if all of you know about Moses, but for those who aren't, a very short-potted history. Moses was born into a tyrannical dictatorship. Um, who uh, The dictator at the time, Pharaoh, was basically killing all the baby boys of his race, the Jewish race, throwing them into the river. A horrible situation, tragic. And yet, in the midst of this, Ro- uh, Moses is saved and delivered. His mum puts him in a basket on the River Nile. And uh, the princess of Pharaoh picks him up and takes, her, uh, takes him to be her son. Moses grows up. He has an incident where he murders an Egyptian who was uh, persecuting a Jew. So then he runs into the desert to escape uh, a retribution. And he ends up being a shepherd. And then in our story today, we come to this moment where he comes to the burning bush that actually isn't being burning up. And he gets called by God. And then God calls him to deliver the people of Israel. He crosses the Red Sea with them. He takes them into the desert. Moses receives the Ten Commandments. He also mentors Joshua and uh, equips him to then lead uh, the people of Israel into the Promised Land. So a short-potted history of Moses. You can read more about him in in Exodus in the Bible, the second book of the Bible. But listen to this. Listen to these words that the Bible writes about Moses, a wonderful eulogy in Deuteronomy chapter 34 and verses 10 to 12. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. A pretty amazing man, for no one has ever shown the mighty power performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of Israel. This is the uh, esteem that Moses has given in the Bible. And I think it's a great character to be thinking about as we're thinking about drawing near because Moses knew exactly what it was to draw near to God and he experienced so much of God's power and might in his life. And we'll be unpacking this over the next few weeks. But specifically this morning, I want us to consider um, what it is to break down barriers and mindsets and what the barriers and mindsets that Moses had to break down as he entered into the call that God had given him. And I think it's quite profound that this man who felt so vulnerable that God called him and used him in mighty, mighty ways. And I hope that this gives us confidence 
that we can be used in mighty, mighty ways, whether they be small ways or big ways, that God can use us as we are. He can take us in our vulnerabilities and our weaknesses and shape us into all that he wants for us. When I talk about mindsets, just to unpack what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about speculations, I'm talking about reasons, attitudes and beliefs, thoughts and values that are in opposition to God's truth. Truth about ourselves, truth about others, and truth about God. They prevent us from entering into what God's original purpose is for us. Do you ever feel like sometimes you're falling a bit short of what God's got for you? Sometimes I know that in my own life. I know there's more. And sometimes that's because I've just got to wait and because God's going to reveal that. But sometimes there are things in my life, things I'm thinking or ways on attitudes that I'm approaching life that I know are preventing me to move forward in him. And I hope this morning we can get a bit of an understanding of the life of Moses and also have a few tools to help us to move forward in this. There are tools, you know, to help us with this, to help us to break through mindsets and attitudes that get in the way. If we read 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 to 5, which is on your sheets, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Did you know that you can take authority over your own bodies, over your own minds, over your thought processes and make them obedient to Jesus Christ? And I'll unpack that a bit more in a moment, how we can do that. Um, But at the heart of thinking about breaking down barriers and mindsets is freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. And God invites us this morning to break down those mindsets that prevent us from drawing near to God. And essentially, we're talking about two two different ways of thinking. We're thinking about the natural realm and the supernatural, the heavenly realm. That actually, it's it's so easy for us to be influenced and impacted by the world we live in. You know, we live in the world, we connect with people, we connect with ideas, not all of which are in opposition to God, but a good number are. And we can so easily take and assimilate those ideas, those thoughts, and those practices. And then they, in turn, impact on the way we live life and the way we live as followers of Christ. And so this morning is an invitation to reconnect our minds and our hearts with the ways of God by breaking down those things which, help, which prevent us from seeing God the way he is, the way we see ourselves and also the way we see others as well. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. It's so easy, isn't it, to get locked into a way of thinking or a way of doing, and this can impact our relationships. It can uh, prevent us from relating healthily to other people also it can relate to our attitude to change you know whether that be in church or our work situations or whatever it may be we can get locked into a certain way of doing it and saying this is the way I've done it for years and I don't want to change this but actually part of the gospel is about change one simple word repentance 
that's all about turning around and going in a different direction. And so this morning, I want us to look at this conversation that Moses had with God at the burning bush. It happens over, I think, three chapters of the Bible. We've had a part of that read. I'm going to be dipping into some other passages as well. But also, I just want to start before that. I want to start, there's no conversation between Moses and God here. It's just Moses' actions. But there are five mindsets, five attitudes that uh, Moses displays that I just want to highlight. And some of these we may relate to. Um, This doesn't cover all possible mindsets, but I'm just using these as examples to help us to get our heads into this. And it might be that we need to actually go away and think a bit more about what our mindsets are and offering these to God. And by the way, this is not about a guilt trip. It's not about trying to say, look, oh, look what mindset you've got. This is about enabling us to experience freedom, freedom in God, that as we release these things to God, he helps us to move forward. So number one, are we ready? Number one is, I am the one who needs to make it happen. How many of us have experienced that mindset? I certainly have. I am the one who needs to make it happen. And of course, what I'm not talking about is that we shouldn't be proactive and take initiative. Of course, we should. Um, That's part of being a human being. God's created us in his image and has given us free will. But what this is talking about is saying that I need to make it happen uh, without any consideration of other people or actually what God may have in store for me. It's almost preempting what God has got in store and what he wants to do. And Moses, I believe, right from day one, was called to lead the people of Israel. To lead them into freedom. And I believe that right from the beginning there was something of this in, in Moses. And I think we see this, that he was a prince of Egypt. He was given authority, he was given experience. But he also took matters into his own hand because what did he do? He saw an Israelite and, a, and an Egyptian fighting. The Egyptian was oppressing the Israelite and he killed the Egyptian. We read in Exodus 2, 11 to 12, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hid them, hid him in the sand. Moses saw it was his job just to take action. But God had other plans. And this is where I want us to move on now to the conversation God had with Moses at the burning bush. And these mindsets that Moses had got into his mind, and I guess he'd gone to that peak of being a prince of Egypt to now being a shepherd in the desert. And perhaps this had led him to our next mindset that he thought he was not worthy enough. I am not worthy enough. In Exodus uh, chapter 3, verse 11, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? How many of us have felt like that before? Who am I? You know, I'm not worthy. I've not got what it takes. I've had that so many times. But, you know, God loves us. He cares for us no matter what. The reality is we are not worthy. We can never earn God's love or salvation. But he takes us as we are. And it's not because of who we are that we can do what God has called us to. But it's because of who he is. I love God's response to Moses. In chapter 3 and verses 14 to 15, Moses uh, 
has expressed this to God and then God responds to him. He says, I am who I am. There's no name that can truly express who I am because I am. That's God's response. And he goes on to say, this is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Our worthiness is not based on who we are, but on who he is. And you know what? I think there are two dangers with um, allowing unworthiness. By the way, if anyone's cold, which I am, put your coat on. Feel free to, okay? It's not disrespectful to put your coat on in church when you're cold, okay? Um, and uh, where, where was I? Yeah, so there are, there are, t- <laughs> there are, there are two, two dangers with this idea that uh, we, we feel unworthy. The first is that we shrink back, that we think, well, you know, I'm not worthy enough, so I'm not going to go anywhere near that which God has called me. I'm going to step back. And actually, that's not, that's not the right approach. God wants to invite us to step in to what he's got for us. He wants us to be humble, um, and he wants us to recognize our weaknesses, but he also wants us to recognize his strength and all that he has to empower us. Secondly, the danger is if we have that sense of unworthiness, we step into that role, but we attach our, our worthiness to the role that we're taking on. And that's dangerous as well because if that role is ever taken from us, then we lose everything. All that we are, our identity kind of goes with that thing that we're doing. And so it's making sure that we have a healthy attitude towards who God is and who we are. And we understand that our worthiness comes out of who he is. Thirdly, what if people doubt my faith? Well, Moses um, at this point had decided, well, okay, maybe, maybe God is powerful enough. Maybe he can do it. Maybe I am worthy enough in his sight to do this. But then he says to God in chapter 4 and verse 1, but suppose they do not believe me or listen to me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. You can just imagine Moses, can't you? He has to go back to the people of Israel and say, behold, I am here to lead you. Uh, you could, could imagine trying to do that. You know, can you imagine going up to a group of people that you've in no way been interviewed by or empowered by to go and say to them, hey guys, I'm here to lead you. It'd be pretty embarrassing and pretty challenging, wouldn't it? And that's the call of Moses. And uh, it's, a fair, it's a fair kind of concern that he's raising here. But really behind this is this uh, mindset of actually our ability to lead others is based on what they think of us or it's based on our... Um, uh, our faith and their perception of our faith. But, you know, God calls us to go. He calls us to lead. And do you know what? My experience is that actually when God calls us to lead, um, he gives us and he empowers us. And maybe for some of us, we've been in that situation where we've got a new job, we're going into a leader team, and we're just not quite sure whether they're going to follow us or whether they're going to respond to our leadership. And it can be quite a vulnerable and daunting task, um, whatever role, whether that's in the life of the church or in a business or a company or a charity, whatever it might be, that's quite a daunting task. But my experience and, uh, and what we see in the scriptures here is that God con- confirms and affirms our calling, whatever that calling may be, whether it's Uh, Whatever our ministry is, whether it's within the church or within uh, a company, a charity, an organization, whatever we're doing, God confirms and affirms. And we see this in three ways here in this passage, um, uh, that he enables uh, Moses to turn his staff into a snake. 
he puts his hand into his coat and pulls it out and it's leprous. And he puts it back in, pulls it out and it's healed. And then thirdly, um, this, uh, uh, the, the, this sign of the uh, putting uh, water onto the sand and it becoming blood. I don't want that sign, I don't think. <laughs> um, uh, but, but today, God, um, God often confirms things in three ways. He often does it through the scriptures. He often does it through prophetic words and pictures. And he often does it um, through other people, through other people confirming something to us. And um, we've unpacked that before, but just to summarize those things. And now, fourthly, a fourth mindset, I am not competent enough. That's really about, I don't have the gifts or the skills to do what is needed. But my experience, again, is that we are never in a place where we have all the gifts and skills to do what is needed. Whether that be in a, just a very you know, uh, simple job, or, or whether it may be um, in ministry or within our work situations. Whatever we do, we often don't have everything. I remember once installing a kitchen and I didn't know how to fit the clips on the sink. So I had to look up on YouTube how to do it. And I learned how to do it. And I installed it. Actually, first we need to focus on what God is calling us to do. And then I believe that he will supply what we need in, to enable us to do it. And uh, Moses had this issue with his speech. Um, in Exodus 4.10, uh, Moses said, Oh my Lord, I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor na- even now that you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. But God responds to Moses in these wonderful words. He says, Who gave man his worth, his mouth? Who made him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. You know, I remember a time in my life where I really struggled with speech. I didn't know what to say. I was very shy. I remember at school I struggled at times, and uh, let alone doing a presentation at school. And, uh, and yet God you know, had a plan for me to speak in front of, of you guys, and, but others as well. And, you know, actually God takes us and he calls us and he supplies us with what we need. And uh, God also gave Moses' brother Aaron, who was a bit better at speaking, and uh, enabled him to help him lead. And then finally, we really get to the crux of it. You know, this is where Moses really lets rip to God. And uh, he's basically at the, the heart of this is, I'd rather someone else go. Exodus four thirteen. But he said, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Who's been in that place where they think, do you know what? I really don't want to do this. Just send someone else. There's other people out there, probably people who I think are way better. But you know what? God has got this for you. He's got this plan for you. He's got a call for you. And you may not think you're as good as someone else, but that doesn't matter because he hasn't called that person to that particular thing. He's called you. And our call is to step up and step out to that which God has called us. And by this stage, God is getting a bit angry with Moses, okay? And he expresses this in uh, chapter 4, verses 14 to 15. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother? Aaron the Levite, I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. So there we have Moses' mindset. At this point, I do want to just um, summarize these, these five R's. 
that help us to move through mindsets. In a sense, this is the application and I want to leave with you. I'm not going to do all the work for you because I'm relying on each one of us because I think we're, we're able to do this. I'm, I'm asking, why don't we go away and think about what are the mindsets we've got and how can we work through these? And it might be you want to do it with someone else, which is fine, and you know, talk to myself or someone else in the church, maybe a small group leader or someone else. Um, but I just want to think about these five R's. How do we work through these things? So the first one is that we've got to recognize it. We've got to recognize what the mindset is, and we might actually find it helpful to name it. And so if it's, um, if it's something to do with, say, unforgiveness, we need to recognize, actually, I've got an issue here with with unforgiveness. I'm not forgiving people. That might be a mindset that's been established in our mind because we've been burned in the past, whatever it might be, but we need to recognize it. The second one is that we need to take time to consciously receive. That's the second R. Receive and thank God for his forgiveness and his cleansing. You know, there are times we mess up and we need to receive God's forgiveness. We need to receive his love and we need to receive his affirmation. The third one is that we need to repent. So we need to turn away from that which we have held dear. We don't want to empower or energize those mindsets. We want to turn away from them. We want to disempower them. Thirdly, uh, fourthly rather, which is what I was talking about earlier, is rebuke. We want to rebuke them. Did you know that you can actually rebuke mindsets okay sometimes I have mindsets of something you know something may just come into your mind to do to someone else or say to someone else or the thing you really want to say to them because they're knocking you off Uh, but actually God gives us the power to say no to that you know Psalm 103 is a great example of this praise the Lord oh my soul I say praise the Lord in that verse, the psalmist is talking to himself to praise the Lord. We can take responsibility and we can talk to ourselves and take authority. If you're worried people might think you're a bit crazy talking to yourself, just go into a room where there's no one else if you're worried about that. But actually, we need to take authority. We need to rebuke those things. And fifthly, we're called to replace. And this is really essential because actually we don't just want to rebuke. We don't just want to remove something. We actually want to invite something new into our hearts. And we want to, I often talk about the opposite spirit. So if it's unforgiveness, let's enter into forgiveness and practice it. Some of this only happens, we only change our mindsets as we actually step into them. You know, you can say, well, I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to become more forgiving. But if you never actually forgive, you're not stepping into the mindset. But the fact is, as you step into that mindset, so that mindset grows more and more in you. And it becomes easier to practice that new mindset. And so this morning, I want to invite us, I want to challenge us to actually go away from here. You know, we haven't, got, we haven't got much more time. We'll have a little bit of time waiting on God in a moment. But, but the real application I want to challenge you with is not to try and deal with it all now because we don't have the time, but actually to go away from here and reflect what is the mindsets that we have that are preventing us from moving forward in God? And how can we bring those before God? And there are different settings. We can do it on Sunday mornings. We can also um, offer extended prayer um, in other other uh, contexts, we can also uh, work it out in our small groups as well. But I really encourage us to begin that journey of recognizing, of repenting, 
of rebuking, of receiving, and of replacing.